Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. With well, a Thursday morning, we are glad you have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Well, want to thank our sponsors uh, at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. You know what you're getting when you go to see those guys. Great service, great drinks, hot, cold, frozen treats over at Churn and Spoon. It really is one of the top places in Starkville. There's a reason that when you see uh, national media coming into town, Strange Brew is always on their list to go to. It's one of Andy Staples' uh, can't-miss list on his uh, extensive list of, of places around the SEC that when you travel to college football games, you should go to. I might go get a cup of the Andy Staples special here in a minute. Is he the Blueberry Cobbler guy, he right? Is, yeah. He is. So, yeah, there you go. So, you can't miss it when you come to Starkville. Make sure you check them out next week and when you're here. And, of course, you live in the area. Well, you should be heading there almost every day anyway. Two locations to serve you here in Starkville, one in Tupelo, Strange Brew Coffee House, and of course the one and only Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Sorry, I had like a, you a good, moment. You good over there? I had a moment there. I, was like, I felt like I was going to yawn. Am I going to have to take care of this thing by myself today? It's just going to be lightning? I'll tell you what, boss. Why don't you just do this next ad for me? I'll let you handle it. All right, then. I was going to see if you, you had it. College Corner. College Corner. Well, you know that this weekend, yeah. Mississippi State trying to bounce back, going up to Lexington. You want to be decked out for the day the Pirate gets the dogs back in the wind column. And where do you go to, to coach yourself in maroon? I know of no better place than College Corner, which is uh, in Ridgeland by the half show. Oh, no, and, 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 and is it, I got that back. Ridgeland at, by their, their Fleet Feet. Fleet Feet, that's yeah. right. I'll let you take care of the rest. They got two locations, Ridgeland, uh, they're by Fleet Feet, uh, they're by the Half Shell in Flowood. Of course, you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Deck yourself and your house in maroon and white uh, this weekend, Mississippi State versus Kentucky, if you're having the big tailgating party. Make sure you've got everything maroon and white there. Yeah, and and if you're it. like me and you get mixed up, it's it's online. You can you can go there. You can always do that. And uh, yeah, you don't end up at Ridgeland looking for the Half Shell that's not there. No, that would be bad. That would be bad. But it's never bad at College Corner. Advantage Business Systems wants you to take care of your business right now. This is not the time for your business not to be working for you 100%. So give them a call today and put them to work for you. Put their solutions to work for you. They've got 45 years of experience doing it, helping businesses just like yours. Call them at one I'm sorry, 1-844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. What's up, Joel T? How are you on a uh, on a Thursday morning? I'm good, man. As we record, Braves up 1-0 they in are. the division they series. Are. Uh, looking to send the Miami Marlins to their first ever playoff series defeat, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm looking forward to because they don't want to try to get Ron Lacuna out. They just want to uh, play peg and see how many bruises they can put up on my son's hip and he arm, not your son, and 
I mean, he's like a good friend. I mean, if, if he's looking for a adopted parent, I'm, I'm willing to. You know, I'm really not that much younger than his dad. But his dad's like 40. I wouldn't adopt him though. He doesn't make that much money. <laughs> I would try to get a ball ball player with a fair market value contract. Hundred million's not enough. No, not for him. No. He signed Tra- it. What does Trout make? No, no one made him sign it. I don't know if that's true or not. We'll see. All right. Well, in 10 years, we'll have this discussion again. How old will he be? Uh, Like 31. Oh, he's still in, still, still in his prime. Yeah. So, All right. Uh, talk about Kentucky today. We've got two interviews coming up. Uh, we can talk to uh, John Hale. He covers Kentucky for the Kentucky- Louisville uh, Courier-Journal. And Cole Kublik is going to join us a little later in the show. Uh, that is, uh, of course, he's for the SEC Network. He's covering the game. He'll be on the sidelines uh, Saturday night, and nobody watches more film than that guy. So I'm interested to get his thoughts on what he's seen because, honestly, he's seen two different Mississippi State teams. So I want to know where he thinks. You know, we talked about uh, on yesterday's podcast that the uh, the, the Gremlins uh, ate from us. Uh, we talked about, you know, in the middle. You know, the, the truth of what MSU is is somewhere between uh, what they saw at LSU and what you saw at Arkansas. They're somewhere in the middle. That, to me, is a good The, the Gremlins team. didn't eat that one. That one's up. The Gremlins ate the rumblings. We talked about that on yesterday's show. Oh, did we too? Yeah. Okay. That was the greatest rumblings ever, by the way. I hate you guys missed it. Why are you going to tell people that's not the greatest rumblings ever? I mean, they'd never know that it wasn't. Yeah, but I I like to be honest with our audience. It was not the greatest rumblings ever. It was a good episode. I like to hype ourselves up. That said, Brandon Maskew, if you're listening, you had question of the day. You did. We had a good discussion about baseball movies. We had a long discussion about baseball movies. But, uh... So, but anyway, what I was going to say is, what the the team that's between LSU and Arkansas is a good team. Yeah, a team capable of winning a lot of games, capable of winning uh, this weekend. Let's find out a little bit more about the Kentucky Wildcats, though. Let's start there. My friend uh, John Hale from the Louisville Courier Journal. You'll have to forgive the Premier League talk at the beginning of this interview, but I had to take a shot. You got to take a shot at a Liverpool fan when you can get one. Uh, he joined us for just a few minutes. Give us his thoughts on this, this surprising Kentucky team. 0-2, a team I thought would be 2-0 and really pushing to be a top you know, 15 team this year. Has not gotten off to the start we thought. So joining me now on the Welcome Beef Home Hotline is our friend John Hale. Mississippi State traveling to Lexington to take on the Kentucky Wildcats this weekend. So here on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, John Hale from the Louisville Courier-Journal will join us. And I promised only one, but man, 7-2. to two. What on earth happened on Sunday to your boys? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it was bad. I mean, uh, you blame it on the goalkeeper uh, switch, but uh, that was only the first one, and, and he certainly didn't have anything to do with how badly they defended after that. But uh, you get as many gloats as you want this week. You, you win 7-2, <laughs> you, you get all the, all the time to talk. I, I, fo- I follow Tom Fornelli on Twitter. I don't know if you do as well, but, man, he was freaking out as an Aston Villa fan. Watching that. All right, let's get away from the Premier League. Everybody just turned off this interview, just just that little bit right there. Uh, Mississippi State and Kentucky, you know, this has been a series. Mississippi State has had an edge on, but Kentucky has won the last two up there in Lexington. I thought Kentucky was going to be really good this year. I picked them to beat Auburn. I certainly picked them to beat Ole Miss. They're 0-2. What, is, what am I missing? What's Why is Kentucky not where I thought they were going to be? Yeah, it's an interesting spot because, I mean, I, I thought they were going to be really good, too. And, and, you know, I still think there's a chance that they could figure things out. I actually – the reason I picked them to lose to Auburn for the sole reason that I thought Terry Wilson, the quarterback, coming back after more than a year without playing a game as he rehabbed from the injury, had faced an SEC team since, you know, the, in November 2018. 
uh, was going to need some time to shake off some rust. And so I thought if that game had been played a few weeks later, maybe he's in a spot where they could win. But he, he wasn't going to be perfect, and, and that was probably too much to ask in his first game back. And I think that's basically how it played out. I mean, they had a real chance to beat Auburn, but there were probably three or four different plays in that game that uh, went there went the wrong way, some self-inflicted wounds. And if you fix any of those, it's a different outcome. Well, then you look ahead to the next week against Ole Miss, and, and obviously Lane Kiffin um, for the loss against Florida week one. They really impressed with the, the stats they put up in that game offensively, and so you thought that maybe – it was going to be a little more difficult than, than we originally anticipated. I think it played out that way. But Kentucky's defense was supposed to be a strength of this team coming into the season. And they were just terrible last week, frankly. I mean, they made a couple big stops, like one at the very end of regulation to force overtime. But for the most part, Ole Miss was just able to do whatever they wanted to do. And so I think that's the real concern is in terms of is Kentucky who we thought they were before the season. I think offensively they have been so far. But defensively, especially in the secondary where they have basically everybody back from the team that ranked second in the country last year in pass defense, they just have not been very good so far. And, of course, against the air raid offense in Mississippi State this week, that's going to be more important. Yeah, that's, that just leads right into my next question there. That's, you know, Matt Corral had a lot of success. And, and the week before, Bo Nix, who I don't think is a great passing quarterback, had good success uh, against this Kentucky secondary. Are, are they up to the challenge of the air raid? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I do think some of the first week, and you know, Bo deserves some credit for strides he made from you know year one to year two as their starter. But a lot of that was just Seth Williams, the wide receiver yeah. for Auburn, just making some great one-on-one plays. And I don't know that Kentucky's going to face an individual receiver much better than him all season. And so, so I, mean, I think sometimes you just they they had situations where they you know for whatever reason schematically they couldn't double him up. And it's going to be a 50-50 ball, and he's going to come down with more than his fair share of those. And I think that's what happened in, in that situation. Last week against Ole Miss, just basically everybody in the secondary got kind of torn up a little bit. And obviously, it's more than just defensive back play. I mean, if they get a better pass rush, that helps them out. There uh, seemed to be some suggestion that some guys at the second level might have been letting some some routes through un, unimpeded that they don't normally do. And so it, it all plays a plays a factor, but against a, a, an air raid offense where the whole philosophy that you know Mike Leach and how Mummy came up with back at Kentucky in the late 90s was you know run to the grass and, and, and go where you're open, uh, that's going to be really interesting to see how they do it. I mean, I assume that Kentucky, given how they struggled the first two weeks, is not going to try and do what LSU did and just you know defend them man-to-man the entire game, but uh, even if they, they do some zone and try and you know build on what Arkansas did last week or what you know Washington did so often against Washington State when Leach was there, they need to play better individually and make more plays. And I think part of that is uh, trusting your teammates and not trying to do too much, which has been an issue so far. When I've watched this team this year, I see a lot of mental mistakes. You know, there's some turnovers, special teams errors. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the decision, I'm, I'm going to slow up and, and flash the deuces before I'm actually in the end zone. That is not what I expect from a Mark Stoops team. I expect them to be a pretty disciplined team, to be pretty tight. Uh, and, and not make those kind of mistakes. What's what has he had to say about his team and the way they've played the last couple of weeks? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's obviously not been thrilled, and and I think those reasons are as most much of the frustration as anything because that's that's not what they usually do. I mean, I, I will say that this has been a program throughout his tenure that they've they've had some slow starts. I mean, 
uh, even uh, you look back to 2016, which was the first year they made a bowl game. They started 0-2 that year and were losing to New Mexico State at halftime in Week 3, and, and the place was you know just about to revolt. They weren't sure that Mark Hughes was going to last through the weekend as coach. And then Benny Snell, that game, emerged, and uh, they had a quarterback switch and kind of came to this identity of this run-first offense. They've had some much success with the last four years and, and just went on from there. But they've, they've their opening game has generally been against these lesser opponents, and they've still struggled a little bit. They've won those games, uh, other than one year they lost to Southern Miss in the opener. But uh, after that, they, they it seems like they need a couple weeks most seasons to figure things out, throw in all the uncertainty of the offseason and you know the shortened spring practice and the weird uh, – summer conditioning with all the COVID restrictions and I, I assume that that's playing a part in it but that's everybody's operating yeah. under the same situation so it's not like it's just Kentucky by any means. Uh, they've got to figure out a way to fix this and it's been interesting this week there's been a lot of talk of a year ago when they started 0-3 in the SEC play I lost to South Carolina and just a terrible performance the week before they moved Lynn Bowden to quarterback they had this whole thing where they went on a bye week and they started this break bread program they call it where they had to go get to know a teammate they didn't know and increase team unity and bonding and how important that was to them turning around their season they can't do that this year because you can't be around the facility you can't be uh, spending a lot of time with teammates so i'm really intrigued to see how much of the mental mistakes and you know that not doing too much not trusting your teammates has to do with some of these off-field things that they're going through right now And, and the more losses pile up the more you wonder how, how willing guys are going to be to, to handle all this stuff that they have to do extra this year they don't normally do. One of the positives from last week game, uh, last week's game against Ole Miss was the running game for Kentucky. They ran at will. I think a lot of that had to do with Ole Miss. It's not a great rush defense, but give Kentucky a lot of credit. They ran the ball very, very effectively. Mississippi State has been pretty decent against the run in these first two games, surprisingly so to those of us who, who covered this team. If if State is successful again, does does Kentucky have the playmakers in the passing game? Can Terry Wilson win this game with his arm if he needs to? I think that's a big question. I, I'm there, I, I don't see any way Kentucky wins this game if they don't get some sort of credible rushing attack. I mean, they don't have to rush for 400 yards like they did last week, or like they ran for 500 yards against Louisville at the end of last season. I mean, this this is a team that has been proven pretty capable of running against almost anybody. And if they, but they. Can't, I, I don't see a scenario where if they rush for 75 yards in the game that they have any chance to win. But if they can get you know 150 uh, yards out of this, I think Kerry Wilson has shown enough, especially the jump he made from week one to week two, to where you think that he can do some things. And, and part of it, and that's going to boost their rushing totals too, is, is he's such a dangerous dual-threat quarterback. And so not even necessarily always completing passes, but just having the threat to, to tuck it and run and scramble adds another element to this offense, too, that, that's really, really important. I mean, they're getting one of their top wide receivers, Bryce Oliver, back from a hamstring injury this week, supposedly. That, I think, helps um, Josh Ali, their number one option at receiver, has has been great through two weeks, and, and that was a big question if they had a guy, a go-to guy, and he appears to be that. But so many of those other receivers are still unproven because, frankly, they spent – the second half of last season just blocking every play for Lynn Bowden and, and so how much development did they get in terms of catching passes when you didn't have any healthy quarterbacks that's that's a real question still and uh, part of it's on Terry Wilson but part of it's on those guys to step up and show that they're capable of making plays If Kentucky loses this game they'll be 0-3 their next two are at Tennessee and then Georgia what is what is the scenario here? If, if Kentucky loses this game what is this team going to end up being? 
Yeah, I think it's really, really bad. I mean, I, I think that it's as close as a must-win game you can get in the first month of the season that I've ever seen. I mean, obviously that New Mexico State game in 2016 I just mentioned was up there too. But in terms of SEC problems, I, I don't think they've started 0-3. I looked this up yesterday since like 1960s. Oof. And obviously that's a lot because they're playing non-conference games in the first month most years. Uh, but they've been some really bad Kentucky teams over that 50-year period, and, yeah. and even they didn't start 0-3. None of them had the, the gauntlet of just playing SEC teams. And, and Kentucky would be 0-3 without playing a single team in their division. And so then it gets really, really difficult. They yeah. don't, I'm not still sold on Tennessee being a legitimate top-20 team in the country, um, but they're, they appear to be pretty good. And Kentucky never beats Tennessee. They've beaten them twice in the last 35 years. So you don't feel great about that one. Certainly you don't think they're going to beat Georgia. you still got trips to Alabama and Florida at the end of the season. Um, by the time you play South Carolina, it's the last game of the year, so who knows what motivation you even have. Missouri and Vanderbilt are really the only two games on the schedule that you'd feel really comfortable picking them to win, and that, that would just be such a crippling blow to the program in terms of all the momentum Stoops has built, recruiting, uh, all of these things they need to keep going on. And, and they could tell people as much as they want that you know it's an all-SEC schedule and it's difficult, but just the perception is going to be so bad. Uh, that it would be a really, really big concern. And then, like I mentioned, if you're 0-5, how many of these players are going to say, shoot, what's the, what, what is worth this sitting around and going through all these extra precautions and all these extra steps this year knowing we don't really have anything to play for anymore? That, that would be a big concern, too. How do you see this game playing out on Saturday? My gut is that Kentucky, because they're so desperate and because they've shown signs the first two weeks, even though they lost, they'll come out with a win. But I, I need to see a lot more from that defense, the pass defense in particular, to, to feel comfortable in that uh, conclusion. I, I don't know for sure. I don't feel great about it either way. I, I do think that between the quarterback run game and just their offensive line play, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Yeah. And the running backs, I do think they're going to be able to run better than LSU or Arkansas did against Mississippi State, part of that because they're just so focused on establishing the run. I think they'll just try longer until they they get some success there, and I think that helps. And their real blueprint is possessing the ball and keeping you know the defense off the field as much as possible. If they can do that some, I think I think they have a real chance to win. But if not, I mean, if they're going three and out and and the defense is getting lit up, it could get ugly quick. And so I, I think it's a, a very interesting matchup both ways on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I agree with you on that. John, thanks so much for joining us, man. We always appreciate your time. John Hale from the Louisville Courier-Journal. He had a great article this week talking about Mike Leach returning to Lexington and talked to how mummy beef jerky is involved. That's all. That's the only teaser that I'll, uh, that I'll give. But definitely check that article out. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate the time. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks again to John. Appreciate his time. I want to thank Welcome Home Beef. We'll move on into our next interview here in just a moment. But Welcome Home Beef, this weekend, if you're going to be cooking around the house, definitely give them a call. Steaks, burgers, and of course, if you're trying to... I don't don't think it's going to be super cold this weekend, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Just go ahead and make yourself a pot of stew. Make yourself a... uh, a delicious chili or something like that. They've got all that stuff ready for you. And of course, whatever you're looking for, they are full service. They are always willing to help you guys out, make those special orders. They've got you all taken care of. And if the food truck will be up and running, they're all the way out into Wednesday now. It's running for lunch. So definitely go by, grab a burger, grab a taco, grab a Philly cheesesteak. It's all going to be the best you can expect. So call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online 
at facebook.com slash welcome home beef. Whether you're cooking it, whether they're cooking it, one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. You hear John talk there, Joel, and, and, and he is a guy that he agreed with me that, you know, prior to the season he thought this was going to be a pretty good Kentucky team. Now they play Mississippi State their next two games at Tennessee and then Georgia. They are really, I mean, if they can't win this weekend, they're looking 0-5 right in the face. They still have trips to Alabama and Florida at the end of the year. So you've got a team that I thought could win six, maybe seven games if, if things worked out for them. And you're looking at, you know, three, three wins. Three and seven. Three and seven with your three wins being Vanderbilt, Missouri, and South Carolina. I mean, that's about as bad as it's going to get. How surprised are you that Kentucky has just not seemed to play well this year? Pretty surprised. Um Really, though, if they had just beaten Ole Miss, we'd have a completely different perspective on them, right? I mean, I, I th- think that's because they'd be one well, and one, and and you're. I would have a, a, a different perspective, but at the same time, I would have questions about what they're doing defensively. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, because I mean, I guess Ole Miss, what they they rushed for a bunch. I can't remember a ton, almost three hundred and fifty um, yards. Put up a lot of total yardage. Put up a lot of points. Uh, defensively, they were supposed to be. You know, pretty good. Pretty good. Felt like a lot of starters, and they just really haven't been. Um, you know, watch it be State's fortune that you just they pulled a Borky right there. You just the whole I'm going to trail off yeah, when I'm making I guess so. my point. <laughs> but watch, I mean, it'll be State's luck. They'll go to Lexington this weekend and <laughs> just cats put the clamps on all of a sudden. Well, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty surprised that they're sitting here at zero and two. What uh, I, I really did think that. Uh, after seeing out of Ole Miss what I saw at Ole Miss against Florida, I'm not surprised that Ole Miss put up a fight in Lexington. I am surprised they won the football game. And I don't know if that says more about Ole Miss is better than I thought or if that says more about, no, Kentucky really is was a little bit overrated coming into the year. I, I don't know. What gives me some confidence about Kentucky uh, or about this game is that Kentucky has just not been great against the pass this year. Uh, they're giving up 276 yards per game through the air. Now, that's a little bit less than Mississippi State, but I didn't expect Mississippi State to be great uh, against the pass. And the fact that Auburn was able to have some success passing, I mean, you guys know about me and Auburn, but I don't think Bo Nix is a tremendous passing quarterback, but he was 16 of of 27 for well over 200 yards and three touchdowns. Now, as John mentioned, they had a matchup problem with Seth Williams there, but I think Mississippi State has can, can provide similar matchup problems. A guy like Tyrell Shavers is a big red zone target. So is Osiris Mitchell. We haven't really seen Jaquarius Spivey become a red zone target yet, or, or even a target of any kind. But he is there, as is Schrader. They've got some big bodies. And this Kentucky secondary was supposed to be a strength. I always have a... When, when something that's supposed to be a strength is a weakness early, that always catches my eye. If a team's like, oh, man, they're bringing back their whole offensive line and their running backs, they should be a great running team. And then in week one, they can't run the ball. I get a little I get a little concerned when those kind of things happen. So with Kentucky, my eye is on that. I'm thinking, man, Corral really picked them apart. So did Bo Nix. He was also, you know, Corral was able to move the ball with his legs yeah. a good bit too, which is something you don't have. But I, I feel like this is a did, positive Did Bo Nix? I can't uh, remember. Nix, he had like 50 yards rushing. Because it, it makes you wonder if, I mean – because against Mississippi State, you just know they're going to throw the ball more often than not. And yeah. it makes you wonder if they can just get their mind completely on that. So Maybe that helps the Kentucky DBs that were supposed to be so good. So does that allow for some opportunities for Kylan Hill then? does you know can, can they make a couple of adjustments? 
I think you and I both said on Saturday night that there were some opportunities out wide for Mississippi State if they had run a toss play or, or something along those lines, or just some quick quick screens or something. Some things they ran against LSU that they did not run uh, against Arkansas for whatever reason. Do you think that those opportunities will still be there? I mean, if Kentucky does what I just said and they just have their mind completely on the pass, then yes. Yes. Um, and look, as good as Marks and Dylan Johnson look like they're going to be, and they've already had some moments, if that's Kylan Hill making those plays out of the backfield, you feel pretty darn good you're going to get five, six, seven yards a play on that. And that's all you need, man. <laughs> I know everybody wants to see uh, explosive plays like you saw at LSU, but if you're nickel and diming them down the field, as long as you don't have KJ up and throwing it to the other team, five, six, seven yards to play, you'll take it every day. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, ha- having Kylan Hill back, and look, as we record this show, Mike Leach is on the SEC teleconference in 20 minutes, um, so he may further address Kylan's status. I don't know, but I know on Monday – he said he expected him to play. Kylan Hill has been tweeting and talking on on, on the social media machine like right, he's playing. Right. If he's playing, yeah, you feel darn good as long as KJ doesn't throw the ball to the other team. You're going to put up a lot of yards and points. And that's that's obviously that's just going to be something that we deal with all every year, year every like. game. Yeah, I mean, is, it, we're going to have to throw that caveat in there about about KJ Costello and what he's going to be able to do uh, as far as not many of his passes hit the ground. They either go to state or they go to the other team. It's true. It's true. I mean, he's thrown. Well, I mean, I take that back. I mean, through twenty four in incompletions against. Yeah, I guess so. But I see what you're getting at. Yeah, I mean, it, it has been sort of feast or famine uh, with, with with him in the passing game. Uh, it's only through two games though. Um, defense, two, game, two games. That's like in the yeah. past, like four or five games worth of yeah. state passing yard. Defensively, for Mississippi State, they've been really good against the run. I, Mississippi State is the second best rushing defense in the conference right now. Obviously, only through two games, but. It's Georgia and Mississippi State. Uh, now, both teams have played Arkansas, and both teams were able to limit Arkansas. Georgia played a really good Auburn team, or at least a team I, people think is going to be good, that you know can run the football. State played LSU, a team that you know has talent and can run the football. And, and they both did a good job of slowing them down. Last weekend, we mentioned Kentucky. They uh, ran the ball at will against Ole Miss. I had not looked at the SEC <laughs> defensive stats. We have a little laugh here. Uh, Florida is actually 13th in defense. Now, part of that is they, they, they've given up some yards. Grantham has, you know, been third in Grantham. I mean, it, it, it'll bit this year. But they're 13th at 471 yards per game. Ole Miss is last. What is their total yards per game given up? I think it's like an even 600. It is 600.5 yards. Yeah, I, I, I looked the other but, day and I was thinking it was... But, we always say it's all about that balance. They are very balanced. They give up 298 on the in the air and 302 on the ground. So, good DJ Durkin really really killing it out there. Uh, to be fair to DJ Durkin, he doesn't have a ton of talent to work with there. I'm on, just on saying. The defensive side. I'm just saying. Um, but Kentucky ran the ball at will against Ole Miss to the point where I was looking at the TV going, or I guess it was my laptop as we were in the press box. Like, why are they? Why would they even throw? I would have run every play. I probably would have won the game, to be totally honest with you. I think State's a much better defensive team. I don't think State. I don't think State giving up seventy-one point five on the ground is going to hold. They'll they'll have some some games where they give up stuff on the ground, but if they can make Kentucky one-dimensional, I'll be honest. And I, I know that he, you know, he said he that was the question did John, but I don't have a lot of faith in Terry Wilson to be able to beat Mississippi State through the air. 
I, I agree 100%. And look, we're we're one more really good Mississippi State defensive performance away. Yeah, where you have to just say, okay, just they're, say good. they're good. Yeah. If they're good this week. Yeah. It's, an, it's sort of, remember, remember in 2017 when you're coming off of Sermon and you're like, oh, I don't know. And then those first few games, you're like, okay. It took a couple games. And you're, okay, they're good defensively. Yeah. This is sort of the same thing. Where you know they weren't great last year, although they weren't as bad as 2016 by any stretch of the imagination. We had low expectations, but if yeah, if they do it three weeks in a row against three against really three kind of different exactly offenses, yeah, then you have to think, okay, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Um, so yeah, and, and that credit, I mean, credit goes to the guys out there making plays right. too. But a lot of that credit goes to Zach Arnett for because make no mistake about it, this is not a. I'm not trying to knock Landon Gidry or any of these youngsters or. Um, not Landon Gidry. I keep doing that. London Craft. Yeah. Uh, any of these youngsters. But look, when you got a bunch of inexperienced guys and you don't know what you got, that's a pretty darn humongous credit to the defensive coordinator to come in and, and put everybody in the right spots and get everybody in position to do what they're doing too. Yeah. So credit to the guys making the plays. But I still think Zach Arnett's a miracle worker, especially if you get another strong performance out of them uh, on Saturday. And it's going to be tough because, I mean, it's a good team. Wilson can hit you in a couple team, different ways. And they're desperate. They've got to be desperate for a win. They know what's coming. They know they've got three games left with Georgia, Alabama, Florida. Tennessee has been good. And, and as John told us, they don't ever beat Tennessee. So it's going to be interesting. Let's go to our second interview real quick. Let's talk to Cole Kublick, that guy for the SEC Network, ESPN, uh, three man front over in Birmingham on WJOX. Former Auburn Tiger. Former Auburn, you know. Offensive lineman and a film watcher extraordinaire. I hope to get some insight from him as to what he's seen from the two performances Mississippi State's had and get an idea of their chances against Kentucky. So joining me now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline from the SEC Network from Jocks FM, where he's part of the uh, three-band front, Cole Kublick. I know nobody is watching more film than you, or at least very few people are. You've seen two very different Mississippi State teams in two weeks. Is it somewhere in the middle? Which team is more Mississippi State to you? Um, I, I still think week one would probably be more Mississippi State because, first and foremost, you had more of your best player. And I don't care if you're running air raid, triple option, pro style, West Coast, zone read. Uh, you don't you take away your best player, you're going to have some problems. And Kylan Hill not being available for most of that game, that it became a problem for Mississippi State. So getting him back would solve a lot of those problems. And I think you have to consider that even if it's not an offense that is designed for an elite tailback to get 25, 30 carries a game, there are ways that he can be utilized that are going to be dangerous. They're going to force a defense to treat you different. And you, you compound that along with who I think is your best offensive lineman being out then I think that led to a lot of the problems. So I don't know if that means that I think you'll see an SEC record passing every week. But I, I do think that what we saw week one is probably more of what this team is going to be than what we saw in week two. Defensively, for those of us covering the team, for me in particular, they've been very surprisingly good. Uh, they've played at a standard, a, a much higher level than I thought they were going to be capable of these first two weeks. What are they doing that's making them so effective? Well, first of 
first, I like the effort. And I, mean, I think you have one of your best players on that side of the ball that, that's playing up to the level that, that he's capable of, and that's that's Errol Thompson. I thought, I thought he took a big dip last year from two years ago. And two years ago, I thought he was one of the best players in the SEC. And then all of a sudden, that, that got a little bit different. But it's a, it's you know it's a style of defense that allows guys to sort of run, roam, and make plays. I think you have a defensive coordinator who who understands how to put certain guys in position to make plays. And I, and I think they, for the most part, stayed healthy, and that that's helped because that's obviously what's hurt your offense. And you know, I, I see a defensive line that attacks, that that understands how to get off blocks, and that plays hard. I, I think it's, I, I think it's, it, it also injects some confidence when you know your offense is going to score points, and I think that allows you to play different on defense. You don't, you're not as worried about getting beat one time. You're not as worried about one explosive play or one big run. So, I think from that perspective, that that all leads in to how you're able to go out and play. We look a week ago at Kentucky, and Matt Corral was very successful against them. He was 24-29, 320 yards, four touchdowns, didn't throw an interception. Also had a lot of success running the football. I don't think you expect that from, from K.J. Costello. But from this Kentucky defense, do you think Costello, if he can keep the ball you know, out of their hands, is he primed for a big game here? Yeah, you know, they, don't, they don't have an interception yet. So... Uh, and that's kind of surprising to me because I thought this was going to be a pretty good secondary coming into the year. Um, you know, I, I think this game will come down more to what happens up front because I thought there was a real lack of communication and continuity and just flat-out teamwork between the middle three on that offensive line. But you can't allow three to consistently get pressure on a quarterback when you got five staying in. It just can't happen. And there's got to be a better understanding of who's working with who, who's working where, how they're working there between the center and two guards. And then I just think physically, you know, State's a group that, that should have been able to impose their will on that Arkansas defensive line. I don't, I don't care if they throw it 80 times and don't run it once. You still can do that. They did it to an extent against LSU. Now, not as often as they as, – as you'd like to see, but there were there were flashes of them being dominant up front in the passing game. They they had that kind of physicality, but I think it's going to be more. I think it comes down more to controlling that defensive line, and I don't know what the structure is going to be. I don't know what Brad White's going to do, um, but I would take a lot of what Barry did last week and and make it my own. I'm you know Quinn Bohan is three fifty. I don't know how effective he is inside, um, but you could take a Joshua Pascal who went from Jack linebacker to defensive end and moved, put him in nose guard and give him a two-way go, and he could be really problematic. Or you utilize some linebacker pressure. So there's ways to create it and do it, and I, I don't I don't think it's going to come down as much to K.J. not turning the ball over as it is those guys up front handling their business. Because I think we've seen when, when K.J. has time and his eyes are in the right place, he's going to be able to make good throws. When he has to worry about other things, he, he gets a little bit off track. Kentucky rushed for over 400 yards last week. Now, part of that is Ole Miss's defense is just not very good up front. But they, they have talent up there. They're going to be without Cavassier Smoke again this week. But, well, I guess my question is, I think State's a, a good run defense. Their pass defense is left some things to be desired. If State can stop the run, can Terry Wilson beat MSU with his arm? Oh, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know. 
Um, I'll, I'll say this. I think that if, if this game comes down to that, then it means that Mississippi State is probably having a lot of success on offense, which means we're looking at a, a little bit of a track meet. And no, Kentucky's not built to do that. If Kentucky's going to win this game, they got to limit possessions, they got to own the clock, they got to move the chains, and you know they, they, they have to win field position and keep their defense off the field. That's how they win this game. And if, if all of a sudden it's going to take Terry Wilson to win the game with his arm, I just think stylistically that, that's not the game that Kentucky wants. So I'd say probably not because that means you're trading touchdowns. That means there's probably a pretty good bit of back and forth. And I would say no, that, that's, that's not good at all for, for Kentucky. For Mississippi State, where do they go from here with a win and where do they go with a loss, in your opinion? Oh, man, I don't, I don't really – here's the thing. We were talking about this today on, on my show in Birmingham. Like, who needs this game the most? And I think you, you have to say the team that would go to 0-3, especially one that had pretty good expectations on this year. Nobody thought Kentucky would go undefeated, but a lot of us, including myself, thought they'd be able to put together a good season. Me too. You can't, you can't get to 0-3. I think that's when you really start worrying about losing your team. You start worrying about your leadership. You start worrying about effort, guys checking out. And let's be honest, in this whole COVID deal, I mean, how many guys are going to sit there at 0-3 and say, you know what, all of our goals that we thought we had a shot at, we're not going to get there, so I'm done. I'll see you next year. Or I'm just, I'm just done, done altogether. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, I think that's a real possibility. So I, I think that from that perspective, Kentucky loses this game, it, it, it could be it could end up being really bad. I mean, we'll just take a peek at the schedule. Yeah. And, and what Kentucky has left, it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, they got Alabama and Florida on the road in back-to-back games. They still got Tennessee, still got Georgia. So it's um, they, they need it. But I think, too, Mississippi State, the, probably the worst thing that could have happened to this team was what they did week one against who they did it against. Mm-hmm. Because now that expectation's there, and the belief that it can happen every week is there. Because, I, I mean, I think Leach was kind of playing with house money on this year going in. Nobody really thought he'd come in and, and, and win eight games. But when you do that to LSU the way you did it, then people say, you, you better do it to Arkansas. You better do it to Ole Miss. You, you, you better do it to Auburn. And it's just not going to be that. So I think, yes, the expectation for Mississippi State has changed, but I still, I still think that you are going to be prolific enough on offense at times to steal a couple games. Even if the defense lets you down or even if you got a player or two that's out, you're going to be able to get a few games because the style and I guess the ceiling of what that offense is always going to be capable of doing. All right. Cole Kublik will be in Lexington on the sidelines uh, Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. Cole, thanks so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. All right, thanks to Cole for his time. Really appreciate him jumping on. That's a busy man. Looking forward to hear what he's got to say on from the sidelines on the SEC network. Talking to both of these guys, I, I get the feeling that this game is very much a toss-up, uh, but I feel like if State plays well, if it's one of those, you know, if State plays its A game, they're going to win. 
I feel like if both teams play their best game, State's going to win. Um, we'll have to see how that plays out. I think S&P plus Bill Connolly, he took Kentucky to win this game by, I think, three. But it, it's pretty obvious that his models are going to take K.J. Costello throwing interceptions into account. Yeah. So if you can avoid that, you have a really good chance to win. Three outcome game? No, it's, it's all four. four. You it's all it's four. four. Something could go wrong. It'd turn the ball over a couple of times, and Kentucky is able to run the ball successfully, and they could they could win by 20-plus. They could. Yep. It's all four. Everything's in play this weekend. It really is. I, I guess I was just trying to give uh, KJ a little more credit that he he wouldn't do that do what he's done the first day. I don't know why I'm trying to do that, but yeah. Uh, anyway, anything could happen. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, State's lost its last two trips up to Lexington, both really sort of weird losses. In that 2016, you know, you lose on a last second field goal, and just a lot went wrong. That was a really weird game, as I recall. And of course, Peter Sermon. Uh, 2018, you know. We all remember MSU just getting punched in the mouth. That was the worst game State played. Even you had bad losses all year in that first year under Moorhead, but nothing was worse than the Kentucky game. You got dominated basically uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, so you know it's 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 not been a, a great stop for Mississippi State, even though State has a huge advantage since Mullen arrived. You know, in two thousand nine, in this series, they've only lost twice, and those are those two games I just mentioned. So. You know, we'll see where it goes. We'll talk a lot more about Mississippi State tomorrow. Uh, we'll start, you know, re- we'll really give that a breakdown and, of course, make our playmakers and predictions on tomorrow's show. Should be a good one. Guys, have a great uh, Thursday. And Joel and I will be back with you on Friday morning for the three Ps. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.